This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato, Tunnel Academy number 348. Good to have you here. We're going to talk family business, the dads. And what's that got to do with the importance of what we do on the podcast? Well, it was probably about uh, four or five weeks earlier that we had both sons on. Let me introduce you to my panel. Charlie Marcotte is here. His son, Andrew, was on with me at that time. And he's president of American Pride Automotive 5 location operation. And it was great to have Andrew on that time. That was a great episode. Thank you so much for allowing him a platform to share his story. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Charlie. It was great. Charlie's been on with me before. Good to have you back. And first timer, Paul Campanella. Campanella's Auto and Tire Center. Five locations, Delaware and uh, Pennsylvania area, right, Paul? Yes, thank you for having me on. This is a, a little unnerving, you know. I've done this before, so this is a first for me, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Son Anthony was on episode 344 with Andrew, and I met Andrew in the flesh, I think back in June of this year. I was invited to a little COO gathering. And Charlie, are you as big as Andrew? I mean, he's what, six foot something? None of us are as big as Andrew. He's six foot eight. He carries a different level of gravity is how I explain it. <laughs> great, great story. Well, look at, I want to tell you why you're here. There are fathers who hope to pass along their business and consider what they want to know about how to do that. We're going to discuss that today. That the child enters with a role, an appropriate skill set. Wow. I mean, you've watched the child grow up and you've always known in your in your bones, what they could not do. And it depends on what they want to do and what you want to do and how you mold that together and how you can help a child decide and uh, what a handoff could look like and a whole lot more. So stick around. It's going to be great. First of all, high fives to our great sponsors. Want to win over younger customers? We'll show them the repair process. Engage with live chats and offer mobile payments. Unlock the secret to success with GetShopware.com, revolutionizing the way you connect with the next generation. And trust in the aftermarket supplier that makes the parts that cars are born with. With over 100 years of OE heritage, Delphi Technologies quality parts gives you peace of mind. Learn more about Delphi at DelphiAftermarket.com. Yep, YouTube, RemarkableResults.biz, uh, every podcast listening app that we're on. And uh, don't forget, listen to learn just one thing. Hey, okay, guys, we got to jump in this thing. So your child has an interest, Charlie. What do you do to bring him on? A oh, big question. You know, so timing is everything in any business decision. He has an interest, you know, at what level? I've taken the approach in the past of never making something too easy. Everybody has to has to earn their position. And there's never a better time to start that transition than right now. Where you place them within the company is a totally separate issue. But starting early, even if it's starting slow, starting early, I believe, is the best answer to that question. Boy, I got a follow-up, a big follow-up. I don't know if you heard that, Paul, but he said, never make it easy. That's heavy. And is it that you kind of outline what a career path could be, the training that you want that person to have? It's too many people say, hey, I joined the family business nepotism rules, and they've got a title that's wrong. They have a position that they haven't earned. And sometimes by just closing your eyes and being blind to that, it not only can hurt the individual, but the business. I believe that as business owners, we're always looking to set our people up for success whether it's an apprentice, a new employee, and certainly our current employees. Bringing on somebody who just may take over the reins 
to one day is a tremendous responsibility, not just to them, but it's also responsible to the rest of your family because it could be devastational. But within the company, you have a responsibility to all of the employees and bringing that person on, setting them up for success secures the future and, and life of many, many other people. So it is a tremendous opportunity. It's a big picture. You're talking about a much bigger picture than, hey, I got him off the street. I got him out of the basement. <laughs> There's been a few times where we've heard other owners say, I mean, they'll even say it. I created a position for my, my child. And whenever I hear that, you know, red flags go up. You know, if you're creating a position, it, I could just go on and on. But that's always a dangerous start. Okay, Paul, I got to go to you. Here's a guy who started his business with $132 in the bank. Am I right, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting day, that's for sure. I mean, I, I ran everywhere. I don't even know what time I ended that day, but it was a exciting day for me. It's a great story. So you got to have the right role and that aligns with their skill set, Paul. Yeah, I remember when Anthony came into the business, all my kids had to work in the business. Even my two girls, they would have to answer phones. They would have to shuttle drive. They had to earn their way. They had to pay for their gas. They had to pay for some of the things they wanted as a kid. And so they all had some involvement and they were all roles that were needed. When Anthony talked to me about, hey, look, you know, dad, I, I'm falling in love with the business. And I kind of told him, hey, no, uh, you don't want to do this. You want to do that medical thing. He's you know, going off to school to bio, be a biological major at University of Delaware. You know, when he got done school, he's like, dad, I'm passionate about being part of the business. And when they say passionate, you have to let your kids follow their passions. And at that point in time, I'm like, all right, well, guess what? You're going to be taking a whole new line of learning. You're coming into the office and you're going to start to learn some of the office positions and see how this is done. And then slowly, with, surely with the right coaching, moved him up. And uh, he earned every step of the way uh, in the industry from, I can remember when he was 12, 13 years old, painting parking stops and cutting grass up to, he could write tickets and write service so fast. And, and I'm, and Actually, I didn't even teach him a lot of it. I often say he was paying attention when I wasn't looking because he uh, came out of his shell. He was very quiet in the beginning. And before I knew it, I didn't have to introduce him as that dad saying, hey, this is my son, Anthony. Say hello to Mr. Such and Such. He was already going over and putting his hand out. And I could see that he had seen my position and how I was with the public. And, and the public and being part of that was what he really fell in love with. Is it that we as fathers have high expectations or the child has? I didn't have any expectations for him. It was like, I didn't think he was ever going to come into it. And when he said he wanted to be part of the business and he really took on some important roles and really started to take the reins, he was writing service and doing stuff from a technological side that I was like, wow, that's a I could, never would have thought that. I couldn't get behind the computer now and do what he does. <laughs> well, you gave up. Maybe. <laughs> it's like Tracy came on and she kept taking work from me in so much of the production side of our media company here. And it, it's getting to the point, Tracy, please don't listen to this. It's getting to the point where she's making it a little easier for me to do certain tasks. And here's the deal, Paul. The minute she asked me to, hey, dad, can you do this? Sure. And then I have to remember how. <laughs> right. How do I get into this software, you know, or how do I get into this? And we've changed a few things and, and he just glides through it like it's nothing. And you know what? I let him roll with it. He, you know, brings me the important stuff and asks me for advice from time to time or presents stuff to me that's important to me in the business. And I'm going to roll with it. He's doing a good job. Charlie, the high expectations that I, I just mentioned before, I mean, should dads of 
children, be it sons or daughters, create the higher expectations and let your child know? I've seen it go wrong when a person has a high expectation. If you set the bar too high and you're holding them to such a high standard, you can remove, say, Anthony's passion because you're making it unobtainable. I mean, ultimately, our children would like to please us. That's kind of the root of a child-parent relationship. They want to be pleasing and they want to be respected. If we make it too difficult in the way of us being satisfied, they will lose interest because it's seen more as a failure. Now, while I did say make it hard, I'm talking about the mechanics of joining should be difficult. But as far as the emotional side, I would be very careful with the picture that's painted and how we set them up, once again, set them up for success. I'm an Italian. Paul, you are too. And I never forget that when I did join the family business, of course, I had to sweep floors and I had to do a ton of things. Zero dollars, by the way, Paul. That's interesting. Thank I sh- You should have been my dad. At least I would have earned $10 or something like that a month. But do you watch your child develop and not give him any guidance or do you, you watch things happen and then you do you redirect? I watched, you know, he actually was picking up stuff from everybody that was around him. And no matter who he was involved with in the, the business, he would pick up what a writer was doing or what a, somebody in the parts part department was doing. And he would perfect a faster, easier, faster way to do it. Before long, he was earning trust throughout the entire organization. And I think that a lot of times he was wanting to know that everybody that worked for the organization knew that this wasn't just a silver spoon boy getting his spot. He earned every position he got and they refer back to them and they'll say, oh boy, no, Anthony, he busted his butt for many years to get to where he is. So you let them earn it. And then these boys are smart today. As I was watching your podcast earlier yesterday about the the new age of, of employees, it takes a different mindset now and they've got it. Andrew and Anthony have got what it takes to attract the employees, motivate the employees. We as old school, it's way different. Fix cars faster with Shopware. Now, Shopware allows you to run your entire business in the cloud and paper-free. Now, best of all, you can track work digitally and in real time. Need to transfer a job? No problem. Need to update pricing? Done. With Shopware, you can focus on what's important, fixing cars and keeping your customers happy. You didn't get into this business to shuffle papers or scroll through email notifications, and you don't have to write the same estimate over and over or check a parts matrix to figure out parts pricing. Shopware can track that for you. Shopware empowers you, the shop owner, by powering the data you already have in your system. It's time to let Shopware handle the workflows so you can handle the cars. But don't just take our word for it. Schedule a free demonstration at GetShopware.com to see Shopware in action. The product speaks for itself. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. 
Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. The millennial attitudes, which I think both Paul and Charlie are, and so is my daughter, Tracy, brings a refreshing view. And it's not like I, I don't have it. I'm not a millennial. I'm not living in that state of being and the state of mind, the state of technology, the state of friendships, the state of society that they are. And so importantly, is I just recently interviewed a Gen Z, a 23-year-old mechanic, to hear about what's going on with them. Why did they join the industry? What, what do they look forward to? So I think that whole part of young people that may take over the family business that have a different view of life than we do, you got to give them the reins to, to get there. I'll just give a quick recap of, and Andrew, I think, touched on it on your on the SOB episode. When he left home, he went off to school to really to play football for the Virginia Military Institute. I studied business and economics, and I thought of him at that time, honestly, I thought of him as a football player. Probably his third year in college, you know, he started to really tell me that he had an interest in coming back home to be involved in the family business. And, and what I was hearing when he was saying that was he wanted to come back home. It's funny, I, I put more weight on him wanting to come home as opposed to being serious about being involved in the business. Frankly, I always thought that his younger brother, Charlie, was going to be the one because he and I understand things mechanically. I just thought that he was a natural fit. So there was this one photo of Andrew in college and he was sitting back, hands behind his head. Picture was taken from behind and on the chalkboard in front of him was a whole bunch of mathematical equations. And I looked at it and I thought, holy crap. I mean, that looks like something from goodwill hunting. <laughs> I just didn't picture Andrew in that environment. I pictured him as a football player. And Come his fourth year, he was still interested in home to be involved in the business. And and I'm a believer that a person needs to develop their own style, you know, their own strengths. I don't want him to mock my style. I want him to learn and come in with his own power. So I said, that's fine. You know, if, if you want to come home, that's an option. But you can't come straight home. The path to come to be involved in the company has a dog leg in it. You have to go work for somebody else for three to five years, and I want you to learn how other places operate, develop your own style, your own strengths, and if you still want to be involved in the company at that point, come on back. You know, I had no idea what that was going to do, so he got a job out of college with Target Corporation in their distribution center in Waynesboro, Virginia, running a team of 20 men, twice his age, and his first discussion with me about how it operated was, I don't get it. Why can't these people just do what they're told? I thought that was hilarious. I hear that from him because, you know, as a father, you have felt that way. Your plan was working. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, simple things. If you're going to climb up into the back of a tractor trailer, you have to step on the stool. There's soft tissue damage that can happen. My job is to make sure that we have a safe work environment, blah, blah, blah. And he said, they just can't do it. You know, they do it once. They can't do it twice. I thought, oh, this is awesome. He's learning some skills and he's getting a taste for reality. And after a few years, he was ready to come home. He was married, married a terrific girl by the name of Courtney, who's also a powerhouse in business. And, and they came to, to Williamsburg. But when he joined American Pride at that point, he had an identity 
that he brought with him some experience, not just school, not just what it was like sweeping the floors in the shop when he was 12, but he had been somewhere else. He'd earned a few stripes and and he got the attention and the respect of people. Both Anthony and Andrew left, worked for someone else. Paul? Now, in the middle of school, he would work in the summertime. He would work in his breaks and what have you. Early on, I think his freshman year at college, we needed to separate. And I said, you know, you need to go work for somebody else. He's like, okay. So he went and worked for a courier service in Wilmington. It was a pretty busy operation. And Paul, did he ask you why, Dad? Why should I go work somewhere else? He just wasn't getting it. You know, he was still pretty young. He wasn't through school. Dad's way wasn't always the right way. And, and we butted heads. And so he went and worked for somebody. And I remember talking to his boss one time. And his boss said, oh, yeah, Anthony, oh, my gosh, I've never met anybody. It works like this kid. I'm like, you're talking about my kid? <laughs> and so through a few things that did not go well there, and they didn't treat him very well, and took advantage of him quite a bit. After a couple of years, he came back to me and he says, Dad, I'm ready to come back. And you could tell he had learned plenty of lessons about, wow, it's not so bad with Dad. And working for somebody else is a lot, lot different than I anticipated. And he did learn a lot of things there, how not to treat people. And maybe that's why he's so good with people now and and attracting this younger generation. Because quite frankly, I'm not so sure that my patients can handle some of the, the stuff that goes on with the young folks today. I mean, I'm getting better at it, but I have to be coached. And hey, look, you can't talk to them like that. Or you can't assume that. And they want to do this. They, they don't want to do that. I'm like, all right, well, you know, like rubber gloves that they wear in the shop. I never wore gloves. Nowadays, they wear glo- everybody wears gloves. And so things are changing and I need to let him use his learnings of being outside and then coming in. And, and he even said to me, after he got his diploma, he said, I am sorry about all the schooling and that I'm not going to apply it. I said, oh, don't ever apologize for education. You will use that. His writing skills, and of course, he was really good at physics and math. He uses it every day, his computer skills. I couldn't do anything he does, and he applies it every day to his work. And he's even teaching other people in the uh, industry how to do some of the stuff. So I guess I wondered why I was in typing class in my senior year of high school. (laughs) Because that's where the girls were. After that, number two. Yeah, I had an electric typewriter and they didn't. And number three, I'm a great typist (laughs) because of that. Hey, let's talk about setting short-term and long-term goals. I think this has been a great episode. I think there's a lot of people that can relate to what you guys are talking about. Ben, they've done that. Let's take your wisdom as to how we can set some short-term, long-term goals. Paul, I'll let you go first. Well, the short-term is he needs to be my right-hand person and I need to be his right-hand person. We need to work together so he can really understand in the short term how I got to where I am today. It's not all about fixing cars, fixing cars, fixing cars. I've always been about the relationships and, and how to treat people and how to handle different situations. Every day, something different comes up in business. And I'm sure Charlie will agree with you. It may not be your mechanical ability or your learnings from school. It may be from experiences. So his short term is the goal would be for him to understand it's about people and how they feel when they when they enter your place and leave your place. And the long-term goal is take these tools that he's learned and apply them to not only with the customers, but the people he works with and carry the business to the next level. We keep saying him, 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 son, 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 but daughters, 
I'm telling you, please understand that we are not singling out uh, your your uh, daughters at all. And in fact, some great ladies, shop owners or daughters of, of shop owners we've had on the show before. And of recent, uh, Ashlyn Kaplan uh, recently lost her dad, but just communicated with her. And she had they had the greatest month they've ever possibly had in tribute to, of course, all that her dad taught her. She's a great owner. So we're all here. We've got to teach and groom and show. So short-term, long term goals, Charlie, that you may have set for Andrew? So first of all, I'll, I'll second what you just said, Carm, about daughters. My daughter, Allie, who's 23, if she wasn't on her way to med school, she could step into an ownership role in a heartbeat. She is powerful and in charge, and it's no longer a guy-girl world. It is ripe with opportunity for both sons and daughters. Short long-term goals, you know, the short goal is to bring that person in the right manner at the right time. To have that person to mentor causes you to be a better owner because you're having to go through the exercise of identifying metrics, measuring things, because you want to see how they're improving, how they're moving the needle. And to have that person next to you that you're responsible for causes our performance by nature just to just to increase, to improve. Long-term goals is to, we see so many things coming down the track at us long-term is to protect our family, that the relationships matter the most. I have counseled with many business owners who have a, a child in the business, and I have to say that Paul and I are extremely fortunate to have the two involved in our businesses that we do. These kids, Andrew and Anthony, are just amazing. I've seen other business owners who have brought one in, and it's a struggle. I mean, it's, it is tough and lots of emotions. There's a huge risk to the family, a huge risk to the, to the marriage. Those are real challenges. So the long-term goal is to protect the family. And the counseling that I've given other shop owners is be prepared to fire that person. This is an opportunity. It is not a right. If that person is not performing to the metrics that you've laid out, let them know that they can reapply. But in the meantime, you have the responsibility to many other families that work for you that become primary. And if they're not able to do the job, that's okay. You still love them as a child, but I'm going to replace you. You know, if you want to to rejoin the company, if you, if you truly want to do better and become a part of it, reapply and your application will be considered. You know, if you paint the picture of a precious protected person, you're setting them and yourself up for failure. That's some sobering advice we just got, Paul. Oh, yeah. You know, and I have to agree. Not every person is cut out for this. This is not easy. This is not for the faint of heart. It can be a real struggle. I see him doing all the roles that he does every day. And I can remember I did all, I wore all those hats. And it's different today. And, and the stress is put on a leader can be overwhelming. And that may not be the right position for him in the business. Maybe there's another position in the company that fits his role. And I do agree with the girls. I have two girls and a 23-year-old and a 32-year-old, and they're rock stars. They could come in. It's just not their interest right now. And that could change. But I have to say that it's not for every person. This is not, you know, everybody saw the freedom of being in business. Oh, there's, there's some freedom. Yeah. But the freedom, you give up an awful lot of freedom because you're getting calls after hours. You're thinking about it after hours sometimes. Anthony and I had a, when he was living at home at 701, we did not talk about work after, after hours. And if we had to talk after hours, 
it was a real problem. So we would cut it off at seven o'clock and know that we can carry it on the next day unless it was an emergency. Interesting about you won't talk business at home, but to family dinners, the Thanksgivings, do you tend to maybe just off to the side in the corner say, remember this happened the other day, this is how I fixed it? Is that a rule? It's a rule. On the weekends, you would never know that we work together sometimes. When I'm over with his kids, he's got two beautiful children. I'm over there playing and crawling around on the ground and doing grandpop stuff and never do we bring up work ever because this is his family time and i had to when i was that age i had to be thinking about it all the time and i don't want that for my next generation i want them to enjoy their family life because he puts 110 percent in every day that he's there great advice charlie have a family time uh, work time talk time oh i'm not as strict as paul we like to joke around about work i do set some pretty strict boundaries with my wife i never bring stresses from the job to her that's not her job. That's, she didn't sign up for that. This is my task, you know, so I deal with stuff on my own. But as far as the kids go, there's so much comedy in what we do. We love to kind of bring those stories in. Our employees are like family. I know all of their families. I know all of their kids. And, you know, it's an extension of by rights, the extension of, of my family. And I'm not going to let it monopolize the dinner table. But to be honest, yes, we do talk about work, but I love it. I still love work. I try not to with Trace, but sometimes it happens. I agree with Charlie. There are some stuff, fun stuff we'll talk about, but not serious. You know, hey, what's going on with this employee or why did this person not show up? None of that. No strategic planning. Yeah, no, <laughs> none of that. No, no whiteboards. No. <laughs> right. I have to say that I wasn't as good my home life with my wife, I, there'd be times that I would bring it home and, and we'd go to bed and I'd wake up. I said, oh, I'm sorry I brought that home to you. It really it don't need that. You have your own career. You got kids. You got whatever it was she was taking care of. It was an important role. She didn't need to hear my stresses. So I was not as good, but I've gotten a lot better over the years. I got to mention something that Charlie said about five minutes ago. I wrote it down. I was so impacted by it. And I want to mention it to everyone. He said, as you mentor your child you become a better owner oh yes great idea very powerful charlie and i think it helps put a cog in the wheel of family integrations and that is they're just not set them out there let me see there's some of my genetics in there so they're really going to be good they're going to know exactly <laughs> what i was thinking at this time they're going to act just like i act oh my god it's it's inbred and that's not the case at all because I think the amount of pressure is enormous. I remember doing a ton of things in the family business and associates, people that we knew came up and says, wow, your dad thinks you're doing great. And I says, would you tell him to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, these are some big shoes to fill, Carm. And, and I know that our boys are, are doing their very best and they're always looking for us to, to give them recognition. And you give them recognition with little tidbits from time to time and they get it. I don't have to praise him all the time. He, you know, he, he doesn't need a whole bunch of that, but they do need to at, at times say, hey, look, son, I, I, you're doing a great job. Couldn't be more proud. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know you're probably going left and right and putting him back on center when the wheels come off and all that stuff. But every once in a while, probably a, just a slap on the back or an extra ice cube in the bourbon. Another tip, Carm, uh, is the a wise mentor sometimes, especially a father, would know that their child can sometimes learn more from a, a good friend of the father than from the father himself, because they tend to listen more when it's somebody else saying it. We 
both Paul and I are a member of the Transformers Institute. And rather than just having one big training class that everybody attends, the Transformers has set up training for every level within the company. So everybody within the company hears critical information that is pieced together by somebody else that they're more likely to listen to. So when Andrew and I first joined Transformers, we went to the owner's group together. I loved it. Flying to Denver, having steak with your son in the evening, what's not to love? But they told me, we really need to separate you two. And Andrew needs to join the COO group and train with people who deal with his problems because his problems are not your problems. You're the visionary. He's the integrator. Let him train with the integrators. So against my desire, I complied. Andrew joined the COO group. That's been transformational. We have key leaders in their key leaders group. We have foremen in their shop foreman group. Everybody's getting the same education from an institute that nobody is passing off any emotional baggage onto. Everybody goes there with open ears and comes home feeling that like they've heard this, this message for the first time, even though you've been saying it for the past three years. So education is, is critical, nonstop education, but letting your people hear it from people other than yourselves may be a really good tip. I couldn't agree more with that. I'm getting ready to do the same thing with Anthony because we're part of the group and he's going to be moving on to join Andrew and that group. But we just joined that group and boy, oh boy, when somebody else says it, and I've been saying it for a long time, somebody else says it's like, dad, guess what? I, I, I've i been telling you for a long time, you know, never mind. You know what? Just keep listening to him. <laughs> Did you tell him to say that to me, dad? <laughs> Guy sounded like you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> My big takeaway here is that please do not try as the dad, as the CEO, to be their number one trainer, mentor, coach. I think we do learn so much from the outside that rings ding, you know, it echoes back inside of our world. How I look at the power of that is it puts like hardener on the education. It puts a place in the brain that says, you know, that thing's been floating around for so long, but boy, I got it. You know, it's funny you say that. We have a group we belong to, and in the beginning when Anthony and I were there, I did all the talking, and I did all the talking, and I was doing all the talking, and I was doing all the talking, and then before long, I guess one of them said, Anthony, what do you think? And Anthony started speaking, and every meeting we had and every visit we had with this group, there were lots of people in there just like me, and before long, I just sit back and, and, and let Anthony speak for himself. And he just joined that group and is part of their mindset. And he, he listens to them. And it's like, okay, this is great stuff. I'll tell you my best dad story. I had this real major issue and I kept going over and going over it. So I went into dad's office and I said, listen, I, I got something I need to talk to you about. But could you do me a really big favor? Don't say anything until I say it's okay to say something. <laughs> And so I'm going on kind of over in my head exactly what I thought I wanted to tell him so that I could get a good answer from him. And I'm going in and going, it's like four minutes in. I looked at him and I said, okay, thanks. Gotta go. He says, but I didn't tell you anything. I figured it out because you listened. Yes, very good. It's great to be able to tell these stories 
post having been an SOB, son of boss. And this has been a great episode. I want to kind of conclude with what does a handoff look like? And what are you guys dreaming about as to how this thing works and what your role in the future would be? Let's let's move forward some time in your thinking, Charlie. Well, I'll pick up on what Paul was saying before we even started the recording. And that is, you know, he really enjoys going into work and he's struggling with what that looks like after, you know, the handoff. What do I do? You know, I kind of enjoy going in. So one of the things that Andrew has shared with me is that the guys that work, the people that work with us at American Pride, I've developed a relationship with them over the years, in some cases, very much like a father or a mentor. Some of these people don't have fathers of their own. And when I walk in today with Andrew taking care of all the integration, I can go in there with a a much easier heart. You know, I can go in there and really be attentive while talking to people about their life. A good conversationalist is somebody who just listens, not the person who talks all the time. So being able to go in, spend time with people, let them know that you really care, that just adds fuel to this fire that's being built within the company. And it's, an, it's a very important role. While it's, it may not be a traditional role, it's a role if you, if you truly love the people that you work with, it's a role that we're very privileged to have. So Andrew has freed up my time, taken so much stuff off of my plate that when I walk in, I may be just there to cook breakfast you know, for everybody in the shop. I may be there to, to listen in on something or to just be a casual observer in what takes place. But when I lean on a fender of a car and talk to somebody about what are your plans for the weekend? Oh, really? You know, where are you going to go? You know, why did you choose that place? You start to ask questions. That is solidifying that person within the company. And I'm really now a support structure for Andrew, allowing that person to be more engaged. And the next time Andrew has something to say, you know, they're in. They're bought in because we are in this together. We are a team. So while the future of, of me within the company doesn't look like my future from the past three decades, I'm excited to give it a go and to be a, a really strong support structure for Andrew and his team of leaders to help supercharge what they're building. Here's what I took away, Paul, from what Charlie just said. His role changed. And he let it because there's a lot of role changes that are out there, but there are some dads that kind of, or moms that refuse to, I know I got to be different, but I got to go count the money. I I, I got to verify the reports. I got to do this. I got to, and Charlie took on the different role and he let it happen. And your son's going to blossom because of that. And so is the company, because as you said, wow, they're looking at you completely different. And that's a role you never thought the company could benefit from. What a privilege. I'm sure that when Paul was a father, you know, I know Paul a little bit. But I know him enough to know that he was a hands-on kind of a father. You know, he was involved. He was in charge. As a grandfather, he's already identified that he's the kind of guy that lays on the ground, is playing with the kids. His role had changed with grandchildren as compared to with children. And his grandchildren are benefiting from that role with Paul. That's a time that they will never forget. But he can't step into, I mean, just imagine. And some of us have done this. We've certainly seen it with others. Imagine the grandparent who steps into the role with the grandchildren as the parent. How's that go? Not very well. But but we get to be the, what a privilege. We get to be the goofy guy who hands out popsicles, (laughs) who comes in and and says stupid jokes. We used to pick on them for, for being messy and not have to have a whole lot of stress. But our role is very valuable in that manner. You leave the kids with the parents or you go home? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning this role in the business and I go around and I ask questions. How, like you said, how was your weekend? What do you got going on this weekend? Just recently, one of my guys was telling me he was out in uh, the Midwest racing one of his cars for the last three or four days. I didn't know he was gone, but he, he told me, I said, that's so cool. And he talked to me about it and how he did and what can I do to, to lend him some advice since I've been a racer all my life and letting him know that, hey, look, do you need some help with anything for your rig or do you need anything for your trailer? Anytime you need anything. And boy, they just love that, that I'm just there to talk to them about their personal life and ask questions. How's your dog doing? I know your dog had surgery. And just be concerned about them as a person. Really lets them know that we really care. And it's just not all about how, how long before you get this car done. You know, we got another clutch job there. We got a brake job. And I don't talk to them about any of that stuff. Like I said, I've learned this role. I'm still learning it of how to just find out, learn a little bit about them, know a little bit more about them and their families and, and encourage them to get away because we work for the weekends. We work for the, our vacations. Uh, reiterate on how important it is for them to, to get out a half hour early that day because they're going away for the weekend. And I know they're going to try to beat the traffic and enjoy your time. They love that. Yeah, be a great listener. Uh, find the empathy that you can uh, get involved with your people uh, in the changing role as you go from CEO to CEO emeritus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike, this was a blast, guys. I loved it. I believe sincerely that our listener is going to value this discussion. And I think it's going to have some very important synopsis hitting inside of them. And if they don't feel that what they learned today is going to make a difference in their world. It may help them shape where they're going and how they may just integrate their family. Or maybe they took a sidestep somewhere that didn't quite work out. And after hearing the advice and the wisdom from you two, take another stab at it and, and go back and, and figure out how family integrates into their business. This was great. Charlie Marcotte, president of American Pride Automotive, and Paul Campanell, Paul Campanell's Auto and Tire. Now, both of their sons were on with me in Town Hall Academy 344. So if you want to listen to both perspectives and both views, they're just totally great. So thank you guys for coming on and sharing. And we just may have to put all four of us, you know, all four of you, the sons and, and the dads with me and and let's just, uh, trust me, I can come up with about 10 great questions to ask all you. So <laughs> That would be so much fun. That would be great. Something that if any of your listeners have any questions, they can reach out to me directly if they think that I might be able to shed some light on it. Best way to reach me is by email, charlie at americanprideautomotive.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate this. And I know you learned something. I'm talking to my listener now. I know you sure did. So now use it and go get something done with it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.